Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. It's everyone's worst nightmare, fire. And the USA has the second highest fire death rate in the industrialized world. So what can you do to prevent house fires? Well, to keep your family safe, read Fight Fires at Home with these tips. When you hit moneypit.com, just click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair question, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. And floorboards the shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Where work and fun meet because we're going to help you have a good time while you tackle your home improvement projects. We know that you want to do it. We know there's a project around your house. Perhaps your husband or wife are bugging you to get it done. And we can help take that pain away because <laughs> we won't do it for you, but we will give you the solutions, the step-by-step advice, the direction, the suggestions that you need to make it all go away and bring harmony back to your homestead. Give us a call right now and start the process off at one 888 Coming up this hour, if a product in your house was a part of a safety recall, would you know it? Probably not. There are dozens of items recalled each year, but we don't always hear about them. We're going to solve that with a tip on a service that you can go to and always be notified if a product in your house is subject to a recall. Mm-hmm. And here's something that's actually not a recall. It is an outright ban on a common household item. We're talking about the good old-fashioned but always functional incandescent light bulb. We're going to tell you why you're not going to be able to buy them for very much longer and shed some light on what options are left. Plus, vacuum cleaners are one of the handiest household appliances. And if you're in the market for a new one, we're going to have some tips from the experts at Consumer Reports who just completed a great study to help you choose the best one for you. And we've got a beautiful decor item to give away to one lucky caller who reaches us at one eight 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 Money Pit. We've got a set of floating glass shelves from Bluegate worth fifty two dollars. So let's get right to work. Pick up the phone, give us a call. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Leslie, who's first? Sebastian in New York. You've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Yes, I have a 1940s uh, brick sided bungalow or Cape Cod in Michigan. It has uh, plaster walls and metal lighting on the interior. Okay. I was told the best, and it has no insulation in the walls. I was told the, the best way to insulate this is by going from the outside, drilling through the mortar joints and pushing cellulose. I just 
didn't feel confident this was the proper way of doing this. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, typically, the, you, you don't insulate that type of an exterior wall. I mean, there's just really no effective way to get insulation in there. There's no wall cavity for you to mm-hmm. fill out. And the stone should be insulating enough as itself, yeah, believe it itself, but generally the, isn't. Right, the air that's trapped inside of it. So what I would focus on in your house, Sebastian, is two things. In terms of the exterior walls, I would concentrate on air infiltration. So that means good quality windows, proper ceiling, weather stripping, and caulking. But most importantly, from an insulation perspective, it's everything that's above you because 80% of your heat loss is going to go up. Only about 15% goes through the exterior walls and about 5% through the floors. So I would concentrate on making sure that you have at least 19 to 22 inches of insulation in the attic space because that's going to do the best, that's going to be the most effective way at cutting down on on, uh, utility costs and improving comfort. Okay, so the walls actually feel like an ice cube. When you lay in there in bed, you can actually feel the cold coming off the walls. It's really extracting the lipid. You get a temperature flows from hot to cold, and you can really feel it leaving your body. What kind of uh, insulation do you have in the attic space? Uh, there's that I, that I know I can I can put in because I just put in uh, I just yeah. added two by sixes up there. I think what you're going to find is this: when you insulate the attic, you're going to find that you have all of a sudden more heat in the house, and that's going to make those walls warmer because you're okay. losing a lot of heat. Very good. Thank you. Give it a try, Sebastian. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Ed in Ohio has a question about a basement floor. What can we do for you? Hi. I bought an 80-year-old house, and it seems like everything was wrong with it, but I, I've got most of it fixed, and now I'm in the basement, and I'm real fortunate. It's a dry basement, and the original cement hasn't been stained. I want to clean it, just regular clean it and dry it, and but I want a clear sealer to put on it so that um, I've seen paint before that peels and that, and I think a clear sealer would just be so nice because you could sweep it and it's sealed and it doesn't stain or anything, but I can't find a clear sealer. Oh, there's lots of masonry sealers out there, Etta. You know, the kind of paint that you might also want to be thinking about is something called an epoxy paint. Mm-hmm. That's what okay. really sticks like the Dickens on a, on a concrete surface. It's a two-part epoxy. You mix it up as you apply it, working one gallon at a time, and uh, it really hardens quite nicely. It has tremendous adhesion qualities to it. And some of these epoxy paints come in kits with floor cleaners, and it's all sort of one mm-hmm. system. And when it's all done, it works really, really well. You know, we um, use one of the epoxy paints on our, our local Boy Scout house, and I've got to tell you, there's I can't imagine many uh, concrete floors that get more uh, traffic than this particular one does with uh-huh. all the kids and their camping supplies and all of the uh, the wet and the dirty that goes through that. It really is stood up quite nicely. Well, where do you buy that, and does it come in clear? It doesn't come in clear. There is a company that makes a clear, and the name of the company is R.S. Hughes, um, H-U-G-H-E-S. It's a little bit pricey, but they do uh-huh. offer a clear epoxy sealer. That would be great. And then, um, like I said, I've seen some of the, the floor paints just peeling at or scrape when you, when you do what you do in the basement. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if so, you use the epoxy paints, they're not going to peel. Um, there's a couple of manufacturers. These, these paints are available at home centers everywhere. There is a Rust-Oleum makes one called Epoxy Shield. Quickcrete and does. Quickcrete makes an epoxy paint. So uh-huh. they're very available and they're very reliable and they do a great job. Okay, Etta? Yes. You know, I was at a uh, store the other day, and I was tempted to buy this one, and it said for exterior use only. 
I can't use that, can I? Yeah, if it says for exterior use, you mm-hmm. could certainly use it for interior use, and that actually um, would be okay. Well, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Etta. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can be part of the Money Pit 24 hours a day, seven days a week by picking up your phone and giving us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. We will help you tackle your home repair, home improvement, even home decor questions. So give us a call now. 888-666-3974. Up next, you might hear about major recalls, but more often defective items are quietly pulled from store shelves. So how do you know if you've got a dangerous product right in your very own home. I mean, right now, we're going to tell you next. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT because this hour we're giving away, of course, answers to your home improvement questions, but we're also giving away a set of two floating shelves from Bluegate. Now, there is no need for frames or hardware because this patented shelving system uses a tongue and groove attachment, which creates a free floating shelf. And the tempered glass shelves are wear resistant, great for any decor, and can hold up to 100 pounds per shelf. And they're only worth 52 bucks. That's an amazing deal. Well, one of you is going to get them for free. So give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Well, if you recall recently, Toyota recalled millions of cars for repairs. It made big headlines and consumers were very well aware of the makes and models affected. But what happens when a defective product quietly makes its way off store shelves? And usually something smaller than a car, but something that could still kill you. And what if you own one of these products and you don't even know about it? It happens more often than you think because recalls are usually voluntary for companies. There isn't a standard method for warning consumers, and some companies put notices on their websites. But, heck, who's checking those out regularly? So that's got you thinking, what am I supposed to do? Well, the best protection for you out there is to sign up for email alerts with the Consumer Product Safety Commission website at recalls.gov. And you can actually report a defect if you think you've got something that's not right with a product in your home. Unfortunately, this is how most recalls actually start, because a consumer found out the hard way that a product wasn't actually working properly. Now, finally, if you have a recalled product, you might be entitled to some sort of recourse, including a safe replacement of the item. So visit cpsc.gov for more information. And I got to tell you, I have been a member of that mailing list for years. And especially as a young parent, we found a number of items that were recalled, including our high chair, mm-hmm. for a strangulation hazard. So it's very important that you sign up, uh, especially if you've got kids, and stay on top of these recalls because it's a very effective way for you to find out if anything in your home uh, has been subject to a recall and is potentially mm-hmm. unsafe. You know, we did the same thing when our son was born. And when you go to the website, guys, you can actually select which areas of items you'd like to be notified about. Home improvement items, child safety items, all sorts of things. So you can really sort of narrow it down so that you get the information that's important to you. 888-666-3974 is the number you need for the home improvement information that's important to you. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now because we are here to help. Who's next? Matthew in Texas needs some help with an accessibility question. What can we do for you? Yes, I needed some help uh, on 
suggestions of how to build a ramp. Okay. My grandmother had hip surgery, and we can't get her in the house without a ramp. All right. Tell me something. How uh, high is are the steps off of the house right now? They're about four feet high. Okay. So you're going to need quite a long ramp. There's a good organization um, out in Minnesota called the Wheelchair Ramp Project, and their website is wheelchairramp.org, and they have on that website a complete manual on how to do this. But the key issues are going to be the number of feet that you need to run that ramp so that you could go down um, at a rate of about one inch per foot. So in other words... Right. If you're going to go out one inch per foot, you need a ramp that's 12 feet long to drop a height of 12 inches. So that's why uh, you have to carefully plan this. You know, it may be, I don't know, but perhaps another, uh, another door of the house is lower to the ground. But that's the kind of thing you have to go through. And then the other thing is it's going to be real important, Matt, that you check with the town to determine what types of restrictions they may have mm-hmm. on and the And what zoning. permits you might need. And the permits, that's right. Yes, sir. Well, right. thank you, guys. You're welcome, Matt. Check it out, wheelchairramp.org. Good site, okay? Yes, sir. All right, good luck with that project. Margaret in North Carolina is dealing with a nasty three-letter word, rot. Tell us about it. Yes, uh, we have a balcony, uh, and the balcony uh, is uh, 14 feet from the ground. The supports are wood, and the woods have rotted out, the wooden supports. And so uh, what we'd like to do is uh, the wall itself, the facade of the house, is brick. And the uh, wooden supports for the balcony are uh, go through the um, uh, into the wall, uh, into the uh, ceiling below, uh, into the uh, wood braces that okay. are on the ceiling. Well, uh, we want to replace that uh, wooden support with a um, metal floor. Uh, on the on the uh, metal floor for the balcony, as well as metal supports, three metal uh, supports that cantilever into uh, those uh, beams in the ceiling below, uh, me- uh, wood ceiling below, uh, uh, wooden beams. Right. So you have a balcony that extends out the exterior wall of your house. Are there any supports underneath, or is it totally cantilevered off of the outside wall of the house? Totally cantilevered. Okay, so you have a rod problem. You've got a serious structural issue. Um, taking that apart and rebuilding it with steel is probably a good idea. You're going to end up using steel I-beams, and you would only need two I-beams, one at both ends, and then in between you could have wood floor joists, pressure-treated lumber. But the main supports that go through the wall and cantilevered back over the exterior wall, they would have to be steel I-beams. This is a big project, not one that you can do yourself, one you definitely need a pro to work with you on. You definitely need a good qualified contractor and you need to get a building permit because there are a lot of deck collapses uh, because of this very reason, because of those rotted beams that go from the outside of the deck, cantilever over the exterior wall and, and go back into the house. So you got a big job on your hands, but it sounds to me like you have the right plan. Thank you very much. I certainly appreciate it. You're welcome, Margaret. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Brian in Illinois needs a hand with a tiling project. What are you working on? Uh, yeah, I'm doing some retiling in my house, and um, I was just wondering, uh, I got some 8-inch tile down in front of my fireplace, in front of my entry door, mm-hmm. 
and um, I was wondering if I have to tear that tile up, or can I just go over it? We're going to put new six-inch tile down on top mm-hmm. of it. Are you satisfied with the support that the eight-inch tile has? It's real solid. Mm-hmm. Is everything sturdy? Well, the deal is that the the guy that put this tile down before we got here, he didn't put the cement board down underneath it. Okay, so is it cracking? Yeah, it's cracking. Yeah, you, you're gonna make you're gonna make it worse. You need oh, to take really? it all up. You need to put a proper base down. If you put the new tile over the old tile, guess what's going to happen to the new tile? It's going to crack too. You can put multiple layers of tile down. That is possible, and mm-hmm. it's you know sometimes it's a good idea. If but it all comes down to what the base is, right? Okay, because I thought I thought maybe the old tile would work as a support, but it won't, will it? Well, I mean, yeah, it's not going to crack as much as the new tile won't, probably won't crack as much as the old tile. But I mean, it's just not worth it. So I would pull that up, put a proper tile base down, and then go from there. It's just okay, a much so better go job. Ahead and tear, tear the old tile up and then put some cement board down underneath it and go from there. Yes, sir. Okay. You'll be happier, more work, but you'll definitely be happier in the long run. Okay, well, thank you. You guys got a good show. Oh, thank you very much. Mm. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Tracy in Alaska has some unwanted visitors in the name of mice. Tell us about the problem. Hey, Tom and Leslie, love the show. We're getting dumped on with snow today, so it's a quite a picturesque scene. But All right. part, of that, part of that winter, I think, has been uh, pushing some mice inside the house. I don't know if they're mice. Yeah, well, they need a place to live, too. Yeah, that's right. We live kind of in a wooded area. We haven't really had a problem for about the last five or six years, but then all of a sudden, bang, here they are. And I went looking for traps, and everybody in town was sold out. So I don't think it's just me uh, that's having the problem. But my question was, I was able to trap uh, five or six in a couple of days, and we haven't had any more sightings. But I wondered if you guys had any experience with uh, the sonic things that you can plug in the wall, and they're supposed to chase them out with sound fields and things like that, Uh, just maybe to put in the living area. Instead of putting down uh, more traps or poison and leaving that around, uh, it's just something to kind of keep them at bay once they're out. All the professionals that I've talked to about this w- do not use those and say they don't work. I've never personally had any experience with them. Um, however, I have had a lot of experience keeping mice out mm-hmm. of the house, and generally it comes down to a couple of things. First of all, trying to identify all of those small places on the outside of your house where mice can find their way in. They only need the space about the size of your finger to squeeze through. So Even got, less, like a quarter of an inch. Yeah, yeah you've got gaps or, or, or cracks. Uh, you can stuff steel wool in those places to try to block them from coming in. The second thing is to make sure that you are not leaving any food out for them. And you may right. be leaving food out for them in a, in a somewhat uh, Like a food dish way. or a, a container of cereal not being closed properly. You want to make sure everything is in an airtight, sealed container. And it may be food that you don't really think about. For example, pet food is great mouse food because, well, we don't keep mice as pets, but uh, they certainly <laughs> love the same food. And typically, that's in a big paper sack on the floor, the way it's sold right. at the stores. Mm-hmm. This kind of thing that. needs to be kept inside of a sealed container so that it's metal and they can't get through it. Mm-hmm. And if you leave your pet's dish out overnight, don't pick it up, get rid of it, or even put it back in the bag if you don't want to waste, or go ahead and put some saran wrap over the dish of food and leave it on the floor, but don't just leave it there exposed because they'll have a field day while you're sleeping. And lastly, you could add uh, pick up some rodenticide. Because it's very effective. If they eat it, they're going to die, and and that will help rid your home of mice as well. Now, if you use rodenticide, you want to make sure that if you have pets, you put it in what's called a bait station, which basically is a trap that keeps the rodenticide inside of a container that the pet can't get access to, but the mice can. 
One more thing, Tracy, if you've got piles of firewood outside, sort of up against the home, against your foundation, get them away. You don't want anything directly next to the house because they like to burrow inside that stack of firewood. And then while they're in there, they're chewing through the wall on the backside or finding ways in. Very good. All right, those are great suggestions. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome, Tracy. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, some vacuums really suck. <laughs> And some don't, but I mean, we really want them to suck, don't we? Because that's what they're supposed to do to suck away all the dirt and debris around your house. How do you know which is the best vacuum for you, especially if you're in the market for a new one? Well, you check with the folks at Consumer Reports, of course, and that's what we're going to do after this. Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. Where home solutions live, welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So a lot of us are jumping into our spring cleaning chores this time of year, and maybe you're thinking about getting a new vacuum cleaner. So when choosing a vacuum cleaner, consumers say ease of handling wins out even over performance of that vacuum. Now that's according to a Consumer Reports survey. The magazine tested dozens of vacuums for its March issue, and here with the results is Bob Markovich, the home editor for that magazine. Bob, welcome back to the program. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. So do you all collect your dirt from home and bring it in to, <laughs> for the test? Well, <laughs> we actually, I think, uh, collect it from various places, but the main thing is that uh, we, make a, we make a pretty dirty carpet. That's our toughest test. Well, I bet. So you tested an awful lot of vacuums. Uh, what were the big findings? Any big surprises? Really, that carpet cleaning, actually, when it comes to cleaning, is still king. That, that's what most people do. It's still the biggest and toughest carpet chore. So that's still our toughest test for, uh, for vacuums, and it's the one people care about most. You know, Bob, my experience has been that um, there are vacuums that are great on carpets, and there are vacuums that are great on hardwood floors, but there's not so many vacuums that can actually handle both. Did you find anything like that? Well, actually, here's the deal. Uh, bare floors, hardwood floors, are actually a walk in the park for most vacuums. Mm -hmm. uh, so really, you've got a lot of, you've got some vacuums that really aren't very good, but they're great at uh, bare floors. There are exceptions, um, but for the most part, it's really, really carpets. A vacuum that tends to be great at carpets usually is pretty darn good on bare floors as well. Now, I've noticed, you know, in just perusing magazines that a lot of vacuum manufacturers are really focusing on creating a brand for pet hair. I mean, mm -hmm. suddenly pets are king as far as everything is concerned, and people are really looking for something so specialized. Is that true? I mean, does it really make sense to go with something that's specifically for a pet hair situation, or, you know, is, are they all the same? You know what? We're finding that the uh, vacuums that are aimed, in general, at pet hair as far as specializing aren't necessarily better. Uh, we found, again, that vacuums in many cases that are great at carpets and great at bare floors, and by the way, uh, that are also very good in our tool airflow test. That, that means there's plenty of, of air through the hose for doing car, uh, couches and upholstery. We find that those are also tend to be very, very good in pet hair. In fact, we found that some of the pet hair specialists, uh, as we wrote, have no teeth in the sense that they're really not that great at the more important stuff, which is carpets or floors. Mm -hmm. We're talking to Bob Markovich. He's the home editor for Consumer Reports. The March issue has a great story in it about vacuums, the top 15 picks. 
as selected by Consumer Reports, are featured there. Uh, Bob, let me ask you about the whole green craze. You've got a lot of marketing claims. You just mentioned pet hair, mm-hmm. uh, vacuum manufacturers talking about that they pick up pet hair better than the next guy. What about uh, vacuums that claim to be greener? Is greener always better when it comes to selecting an appliance like a vacuum? It really isn't. As far as payback, uh, you know, that it, it could really take an eternity based on one we tested that would save you roughly $3 a year. So I don't know how many years you'd have to be using that <laughs> vacuum to get your money back, but that those relatively small savings really have kept vacuums out of the government's Energy Star program along there with refrigerators and everything. Mm-hmm. Vacuums aren't on there for a reason. Not a lot to save over there. Now, I've also noticed, I mean, in just quickly glancing at your price points on vacuums, I mean, it really runs the gamut. You've got one that's, you know, 100 bucks, and then there's one that's $1,500. Does price matter when selecting a vacuum? Once again, uh, uh, based on what we're seeing, it really, really, really doesn't. Um, there's one argument you could make, and that's the Kirby. Kirby uh, tends to be very, very pricey uh, at, you know, $1,350, $1,350. At least what you're getting there is a decent performer, but what you're also getting as a brand, at least you're getting one that was tops in our frequency of repair surveys. So that's one possible reason to buy a Kirby for all that money. At least it is really proven reliable. I know it's also rebuildable. This is like the lifetime vacuum, I suppose. But for the most part, the answer is no. You really don't have to spend uh, $1,000. You don't have to, you really, in most cases, don't have to spend 500 You can get some good buys for more like two or 300 mm-hmm. typically for uprights. Uh, and sometimes as little as one to sixty dollars. One of our picks is just sixty dollars. Bob, what about the bag versus bagless uh, claims that are made by so many many manufacturers? You've got the uh, the super cool looking Dyson. You've got the Hoover wind tunnel. Uh, do you find any performance difference between a bagged vacuum and a bagless vacuum? Is one more convenient? Is one more effective? Or is it just personal preference? Uh, a lot of it's really personal preference. Uh, you know, it's you, know, you can't basically say a bag is automatically better than a bagless. Here's the problem with a bagless unit, uh, is that you, you save the bag. On the other hand, you've got to see, if you've got asthma or allergies or respiratory issues, you probably want a bagged vacuum, because emptying a bagless ba- oh, vacuum bin is, is really pretty dusty and messy. So that's, we, we tend to warn people about that. Bob Markovich, Home Editor for Consumer Reports. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit with your recommendations on vacuums. Uh, The article is in the March issue of Consumer Reports. encourage you to go there and check it out if a vacuum purchase is in your future. Or head on over to their website at ConsumerReports.org. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, Tom. Well, Thomas Edison might be rolling over in his grave right about now because the 100-watt incandescent light bulb is soon going to be extinct. We're going to tell you when and why next, so start stocking up. The Money Pit is brought to you by Bondera Tile Mat Set, the fast, easy way to add the style and value of tile to your home. For more information, visit BonderaTileMatSet.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT with your home improvement question, because this hour we are giving away a set of two floating shelves from Bluegate. There's no need for frames or hardware. This patented shelving system uses a tongue and groove attachment, which creates a free floating look. The tempered glass shelves are wear-resistant and great for any decor and can hold up to 100 pounds per shelf. That's a lot for a glass shelf, don't yeah. you think? Yeah. 
They're worth 52 bucks, so call us right now for your chance to win. But we need your home improvement question to qualify the number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. All right. Well, it's one of the greatest inventions of all time, but you're running out of time to find a certain household item in stores. Now, we're talking about the 100-watt incandescent light bulb. And as part of a major energy legislation signed into law by President Bush, George W., we're talking about, the bulb ban will have the bulb off store shelves by 2012, and other wattages are going to follow after that. Now, in terms of energy efficiency, most folks agree it makes sense when you consider about 90% of the power consumed by an incandescent light bulb is emitted as heat rather than light. Now, compact fluorescent bulbs, they last longer and are more energy efficient, but the only downside is that they do cost a bit more, but those costs are falling fast. That's right, and right on the heels of the compact fluorescent is development of the LEDs, the light-emitting diodes, and those are really expensive right now, but again, they're coming down and down and down. And we're going to get to the point where you can buy a bulb and have it last literally for a decade without ever replacing it. It's just a whole new way to provide light in your house. But the light sure. is so different, I feel like. Well, the combat fluorescents, I think they're getting a lot brighter, and the LEDs definitely are. But I think the last time I checked the price of like an LED bulb, it was like 50 or 60 bucks. Wow. You know, but it lasts like indefinitely. So it's kind of like a lifetime bulb. So you have to really think about light bulbs in a different way. We're used to being them being very disposable, and they're not. They're more of like an investment-grade appliance that delivers light to your house. And that's kind of where we're going. I'm going to have to think of a way to offset my carbon footprint because I'm I'm going to be one of those people that stocks up on incandescent huh? bulbs. I just love the way they you're look. Gonna, you're going to start blackmarketlightbulbs.com. Oh, no, no, no. Right? I'm not going to share. <laughs> I'm not sharing. I'm going to keep them. I just enjoy the look of an incandescent. I'm totally for the environmentally friendly reason, but I, I can't. I don't know what I'm going to do in 2012. 888-666-3974. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Who's next? And now we've got Jim in Indiana who needs some help with a bathroom project. What can we do for you today? I have a, a ceramic tub that I want to recoat or repaint because it's really bad looking. And I was wondering if there's a product out there that I could apply to the ceramic uh, to that, that would stick. Well, I mean, you can reglaze the tub. And there are do-it-yourself products that do that well. Okay. But I will tell you that it's not going to last nearly as long as the original tub. Think of it as an upgraded paint job. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what you're up against, John. Now, if you want to have it professionally reglazed, then you could be looking at something that could last you 10 or 20 years. But if you use a do-it-yourself reglazing kit, you know, you're probably looking at... I don't know, four to five years mm-hmm. before you have to repeat it. And you have to be really careful about how you apply it because you don't want to get brush marks. You don't want to feel an unevenness in the texture of the surface. Okay. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, I would, I'm more interested in short term. So the four, you know, if I get three or four years out of it, that would be great. Then I think it's a good option for you. Okay. But I didn't get the name of the product. You know what, Jim? Actually, Rust-Oleum has just come out with a kit that actually comes as an almond base, but it's tintable to like 16 different colors. So if you just do a web search, I'm sure you can find a local vendor in your area that sells that product. And, you know, Rust-Oleum makes great products that are super durable. So it's worth a shot. Okay, it sounds like a winner. Jim, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Carolyn in West Virginia needs some help with some squeaky floors. I bet it is just driving you crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> so tell us about the squeak. Is it just in one area, in a whole room? Describe it. Uh, we have a great room and uh, two bathrooms and a laundry room. Well, and, and the bedrooms. But 
we have uh, just put in hardwood floors in the whole main area, and my husband's a little stout, so every time he walks, <laughs> it squeaks. I can walk on it, and it's pretty good, but okay. mostly it's around the um, heat pump and plumbing area. Mm-hmm. We've had people go in under there trying to shimmy up little shims in there. All right. Well, let's talk about why floors squeak. They squeak because there's movement in the floorboards. And the best way to eliminate the movement is to secure the floorboards down to the floor joists from above. Now, with hardwood floors, it's a little trickier because, of course, it's a finished floor. But what I would do is this, Carolyn. I would identify the floor joists under the floor. You can do that with a like a stud finder or something of that nature. You okay. can do it by sort of measuring it out. But you definitely want to know where the floor joists are. And then what you're going to do is drill into the floor, and you're going to screw the hardwood boards right down through the subfloor into the floor joists. You're going to have to put a, a wood plug in, sand it, refinish it when you're done. But that is absolutely the solid, permanent way to, to quiet your squeaky floor. Now, there's another way that you can do this. It's a little less disruptive, but not as effective, but it might do the trick. And that is instead of using a, a screw, which you have to sort of pilot drill and countersink below the floor surface, mm-hmm. you could use a finish nail. And the way to do that is to take a finish nail and probably a number 10 or a number 12, pretty heavy finish nail, and you're going to use that finish nail as the drill itself by putting it in the drill chuck and sort of spinning it into the floor. The reason I say to do this instead of a drill bit is because when you use the nail as the drill, it separates the wood fibers. In fact, Vermont American had a product actually called a nail spinner that was used for this very, very job. But... Since you're only going to do it once or twice, I wouldn't tell you to go buy this nail spinner. Just put the the nail right in the chuck of the drill, spin it into the floor, and then finish it off you know, with a hammer and sink it right below the surface. That won't be as permanent, but it could quiet the floor as well. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You're Appreciate welcome, Carolyn. It. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666. 3974. Carolyn calling from West Virginia on behalf of her stout husband. (laughs) 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 Nicely put, Carolyn. Nicely put. No one's feelings were hurt in the taking of that question. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. So is that dated brass bathroom fixture that you've got making your space look old and out of style? Well, you might have some easy options, and we'll tell you all about them next. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. You can visit moneypit.com for inexpensive bathroom makeover ideas. In fact, I think we call them cheap makeover ideas, but (laughs) inexpensive is probably a nicer word. Just go to home spaces, then bathrooms. We've got ideas on lighting, decor, even fixtures that save water. It's all online at moneypit.com. And while you're there, you can email us your question like Jan did, who writes, I would like to update our bathroom. We have brass fixtures, and I'm wondering if there's a way to paint the light fixtures, or how about the shower doors? Do you need to prime or sand the surfaces, and would a Rust-Oleum paint do the trick? I think painting's okay for the light fixtures, but how do you feel about the uh, the brass fixtures? 
Hmm. I mean, if you're unhappy with the finish, eventually you're going to replace it anyway. So why not do a temporary fix with spray paint? And those, I think Rust-Oleum makes the metal, you know, metal look spray paints in a ton of different finishes from chrome to nickel, you know, and satin and, and glossy. And they actually look really fantastic. And on a light fixture, it'll really do the trick to get you going. And also think about if there's a shade on it, go with a shade in a different color. You know, instead of white, go for black or choose a different shape because those are really inexpensive way you can change it as well. Now, I don't know about the shower hardware. What do you think, Tom? Well, I think you could probably as well paint it, but here's the key with all of this metal painting you want to do. You've got to clean that surface really, Mm -hmm. really well. It's got to be absolutely clean. Then you're going to have to mask off all around it, and you're going to use multiple but very thin coats of spray paint, allowing a number of hours in between coats because it really takes a while to build up a proper finish that's really going to adhere well and do a great job. Mm -hmm. But that should help, Jan. Good luck with your little mini bathroom makeover. Well, keeping your personal information secret is getting harder and harder as identity theft continues to skyrocket. Leslie's got some tips and advice on how to keep you safe in today's edition, though, of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. You know, about this time of year, you've got all sorts of paperwork lying around, including credit card receipts, bank account information, and more than likely your social security number because it is tax season. And it's not surprising that this is prime time for identity theft. Well, to stop it, you want to make sure that you keep all of your documents together in one spot like a binder or a folder, you know, not just tossed onto the front seat of your car. Better yet, use a locked fireproof safety box for all of these important documents. Now, since we're all email savvy these days, you want to watch out for phishing scams. And these are fraudulent emails that look exactly like they're coming from a financial institution or a government institution like the IRS, but they're really from scammers trying to get your personal info. So if you ever get something with, you know, your bank's letterhead and it says, hey, we lost your account number and social security number. Send it our way. It is a scam. Don't do it. And remember, when you're e-filing, check your computer to see if your spyware and antivirus software is turned on and up to date. And don't leave outgoing checks or mail in your mailbox. Instead, avoid mail theft by using the post office. And another great way to make sure that you're protected 24-7 is to sign up for identity theft protection, such as that which is available from LifeLock. It's a great service, and it really does a good job of sort of looking over your shoulder and making sure no one is sneaking up on you to steal your identity. Their phone number, by the way, is 800-978-8441. That's 800-978-8441. Call them today. It's very inexpensive, and I think they'll give you 30 days free if you mention the money pit. 888-666-3974 is the phone number you need to use 24 hours a day, seven days a week if you have a home improvement question. But for now, that's just about all the time we have. Coming up next week on the program, though, we want to tell you about the secret to a clean and well-maintained plant bed. It's called the edging, and we figure that it's about time you're starting to think about those spring projects. And before you do, we want to give some tips on how to get those beds ready to go with the proper edging technique. That's coming up next week when we chat with our pals from this old house, Roger Cook, right here on The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.